Hey, New Life Church, I want to welcome you to our digital campus. We're going to have an amazing day today. Hunter Bizet, our Conway pastor, is going to be teaching a word. I want you to get your Bibles or your phone out and get ready. We're also going to have a powerful time of worship. In Psalm 122, David said it like this. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Like he was happy to go. And I think there is a correlation between you giving God your best and you having your heart set upon Him and you also receiving from God. So I know there was times when I was little, when my parents would take me to church, I was mad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, or I was sad, but we're going to be glad today and give God our best, and I believe He's going to speak to you. Let's do it. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my dream Till I met you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my turn till I met you. called my name and I ran out of that crib. Shelter, I was an orphan. You call me a sinner. 
What's going on, New Life Church? I hope everybody enjoyed worshiping this morning. And I, I, I just want to remind you this morning, like worship, it does something on the inside of me. And, and I, what I really want to remind you of this morning is that you and I, we get to serve an amazing God. And if you ever find yourself questioning your faith, what I really want to remind you of is that Jesus was the Son of God. He came to earth. He was born of a virgin. He fulfilled more than 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, many of which were given hundreds of years before. He split all of history in half. He performed miraculous miracles, which included the healing of the blind, the sick, the lame, and walking on water on walking on water, all of which had so many witnesses that even the people who wanted to disprove Jesus could not, and they could not refute him. His message has gone across the globe, and now here I am in Conway, Arkansas, preaching this, that Jesus Christ was crucified a sinless man. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and he is still alive today on the throne. And whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can I get an amen from you wherever you are at? Look, church, as you can tell, I'm a little fired up today. Like I am so passionate about Jesus. I'm so passionate about his gospel, about what he means to me. I'm thankful that I get to be here to share the gospel with you today. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to break down a very simple passage of scripture. And I'm going to talk to you about what I feel like Jesus was trying to help you and I see about the importance of our hearts, the importance of us receiving what he is trying to say. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse 1. And uh, I'm actually going to only going to read to you verses 1 through 9, uh, but I will be referring uh, to even verses 18 through 23 as I'm speaking throughout the day. So w- once you get there, you can read along with me or it'll be on the screen. Uh, it says that later that day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the forms of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his fields, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and they ate them. Other seeds, they fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds, they fell among thorns. They grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. They produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to ear should listen and understand. Look, I, th- I think it's so interesting how Jesus loved to use example after example of small things having a big impact. It's like he was trying to tell us something. I want to tell you a story uh, about a young man in the end of the 1980s. And little can, be really, can really be verified about this lone protester who faced off with tanks of the People's Liberation Army on June 5th, 1989, 
in Tiananmen Square. As a column of tanks, they drove down an avenue to quell a Tiananmen Square protest. A single unarmed man in a white shirt blocked their path and continually thwarted their attempts to move and over around him by stepping in their way. Eventually, onlookers pulled the student back into the crowd where he disappeared. Despite his anonymous, brief appearance, the media coverage of this nonviolent act resounded throughout the global community. Stuart Franklin's famous photo of the standoff went on to become one of life photo or one of life's 100 photos that changed the world. And Time magazine listed the unknown rebel who we still do not know who they are to this day as one of the most 100 influential people of the 20th century. This is one of the most famous photos uh, in human history. And it started with one person doing with what they thought was right. Listen, this is what I want you to hear as we get into this parable today. That is that the kingdom of God is not the line of tanks. It could be. But the kingdom of God that Jesus came and talked about, the kingdom of God that he wanted you and I to be, was a seed with a potential power to grow on the inside of us, to produce life and growth, transforming everything that it comes into contact with. We are the young man, that young unarmed person fighting for others. And the kingdom of God gives us unlimited potential for growth in life when we do what is right. We see in Psalm 92, 13, that they are planted in the house of the Lord. And they flourish in the courts of our God. When we are planted in God's house, that is when we flourish. So, how does the kingdom of God come into your life? We know from this parable that the kingdom of God, it comes from hearing. Therefore, you must be careful how you hear. The heavenly kingdom, it comes through listening. Your ability to sit and listen to God, to take in what he is saying to you, what the kingdom of God is speaking into your life. And honestly, here's what I take from this, that there is power in being present, like you and I being in the room, power to listening, hearing accurately and engaging wholeheartedly with your family, with your friends, and certainly with your God. Matthew 13, 19 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. A famous missionary named Jim Elliott, he once said, where you are, be all there. Some people in life are very physically present, but their heart is not always there. It reminds me of a teenager at a football game uh, or a basketball game. They're on the front row and all they're looking at is on their phones. They're there, but they have no idea what's actually going on. And yet there are some people who are so planted that even when they are absent, they are still present. Paul put it this way in Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So, back 
to this parable. Back to Matthew chapter 13. What is this seed that Jesus is talking about? A seed is the kingdom of God. It is his plan for you. And a seed, it holds power and potential to be so much more than it seems. It is the same with the word. What is the soil? The soil is our heart. It is the place that the seed takes root in our lives. And what Jesus does in this parable is he outlines the four conditions that we are going to look at today. The four conditions of your heart that if you are not careful, three of them are not healthy. And one of them can multiply beyond your wildest dreams. Let's talk about the first one that he talks about. It's condition number one, the hard heart. Matthew 13, 4. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Footpath. It's been walked on. This is the heart that is hard, and it is not open. There is no place for the seed to begin to root. It is consumed by birds before it can really do anything. What I find interesting is that the footpath is very often once fertile ground. If you ever see a footpath that goes through a field, it's usually right through the healthiest part of a field. What causes it? It's been trampled. It's been walked on. It's past hurt and woundings that have caused it to become hard. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 30 a couple of months ago. And every time I read this story and about the hardened heart, I think of a guy that really meant a lot to me in ministry. And in fact, still to this day, I think he's one of the most talented gifted people in ministry I have ever come in contact with. He could speak better than just about anyone I have heard. He could love on people and inspire people with the Word of God. But one day, something changed, and he let his heart get hard. For his sake, I'm not going to tell you what it was that let his heart get hard. But I know that it destroyed his life. Before long, he got addicted to alcohol, and one drink became two, became three. It became a secret obsession in his life, ended up costing him just about everything that he had built and the relationships that God had sent into his life. But what was sad is that every step of the way, he tended to blame everyone else for what went wrong in his life, and never himself. And it cost him everything. Look, we cannot let the things that happen to us and around in life harden us to the word of life that God intends us to have in us. The gospel of Jesus is for anyone and everyone, don't get me wrong, but it must transform you. We are called to let it penetrate us and transform us. That's why later on in Matthew 13, Jesus goes on to tell the disciples the true meaning of the person with a hard heart. When in verse 19, it says, uh, it says this, that the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted 
in their hearts. What we learn from this is that it is possible for us to hear the word, but not let it change you and take root. It has to become personal, and it has to stay that way even in tribulation. Condition number two, the shallow heart. In Matthew 13, verse 5, Jesus goes on to say that other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. This one's interesting because it starts well, but there's only so much that shallow soil can handle because there was still rock, there was still an impenetrable surface just underneath the soil. What I tend to believe is that a shallow heart, shallow soil, is the kind of person who really only operates with their emotion. And this one is scary because things look great and then when the heat ramps up, they can't take the heat. The passion is there, but they wilt under the pressure. This person believes and grows, but when the pressure and heat comes, and it always does, they wilt. Jesus explained it this way in verse 21 when he said, But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I think that I could probably come up with a lot of examples of somebody who allowed a shallow heart who allow them to fall away at some point in their life. But I don't want to do that. Instead, I want to brag on somebody who might be listening right now. Her name is Lynn Pangburn. Miss Lynn has been a part of our church for decades now. And I love her deeply. She has spoken into my life. She's one of the best prayer warriors in our entire church. But I saw several years ago now her only son pass away. And he was an amazing young man. His name was Cole. And Miss Lynn, through it all, did not understand it, did not try to understand it. But it was incredible to see that her faith was so deeply rooted in who she was that that incredible tragedy, that horrific tragedy, did nothing but strengthen her faith. And still to this day, she looks at other people and uplifts them, even knowing the pain that she went through. That is not a shallow type of faith. That's a fertile type of faith that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But what kind of faith do you have? What Are you able to listen? What kind of soil, what kind of heart do you have? Is it deep or is it not deep, not rooted, not strong in your faith? Uh, a hard heart, the one we just talked about, tends to really only engage with their intellect. But a shallow heart really only engages with their emotions. A famous author named Tim Keller, uh, he put it this way when describing someone with a shallow heart. When he said that this person is trying to get Christ to enter their kingdom. They wanted a blesser, not a savior. A sugar daddy, not a king. A service provider, not a total change. The things they really worship, their real gods, were the things that they lost in the heat. 
in the heat of singleness, the heat of loss, of comfort, the heat of financial strain. He finishes by saying this, that they were a sufferer in need of a solution, not a sinner in need of a savior. Persecution only deepens the roots of the deep Christian, but it exposes the shallowness of the false one. Miss Lynn, I want to say thank you to you. I want to say thank you for being such an example of having deep roots in God because we have to value the things that he values, like love, yes, overcoming, yes, but also wisdom and maturity in his word. John Tyson, a great preacher, put it this way, that there has never been a true saint or hero in the faith with a low view of the word of God. Miss Lynn, you love the word and I'm thankful for you. The third condition is a crowded heart. Back to the scripture, Matthew chapter 13, verse 7, says that other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Who is this person? Well, it's the person who, who knows Jesus, has accepted the word, but their faith is fruitless, choked out. Harsh, I know. But the growth of the thorns shows that there's nothing wrong with the soil here. The problem is that the soil is already occupied and there's no room for a new type of vegetation. The plants don't die. They just can't produce fruit. There's too much competition for our affections. Uh, I know a, a man that has been in our church for a long time and uh and in fact, he has helped us accomplish a lot of different things uh, in our church. But I also know that he still loves God. And, uh, and he has a lot of dreams on the inside of him of what he would love to see the church accomplish. But I also know that over the last several years, he has seen nothing but success come in his business and in several businesses. And because of that, uh, he is now no longer around. He loves the church. Like I said, he's got a fertile heart. But he doesn't have the time. I wonder if any of you can relate to this. Like finding yourself miserable and not understanding why. Like you've got everything that you thought that you wanted. But there's still something missing. Generally, I believe that it's one of two reasons. Number one, God could be maturing you. And what worked before to stir your heart, it doesn't work anymore. Why? Because he wants you to move on. Good news is that he's wanting to show you more. Hold fast, it's coming. Keep pursuing him. But the other option could be that something else is still the Lord of your life. And you could have allowed worry or the allure of the world to sneak in. Matthew 13, verse 22, finds Jesus explaining it like this, that the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. When this happens, 
you will be miserable. You'll be unable to break through. You can't find the same pleasure in sin like you used to. The Holy Spirit will convict you, but you'll get stuck. Living in a world that you know you're not supposed to be a part of, but not quite knowing how to commit to the one that you're called to. Something else has taken first place. The Word calls this having idols. Whether it's wealth, power, sexual allure, it is all competing for your heart, and it is crowding out the Word of the Lord. Harsh, I know. Look, I've noticed that the older I get, the harder that this gets. For me to say no to allowing things to come into my life. When I was young and just accepted my call of, or God's call on my life, look, I, I was so excited. I moved back in with my parents. I became a middle school pastor who worked part-time or I was paid part-time for a full-time job, and I loved it. I didn't have many bills to do. It was just about ministry for me. But the older I have gotten, I got married, I started having kids, the bills started piling up. It became way more tempting for me to look over and say, man, if I could just make this, or if I could just make that, then things would be a little bit easier. Maybe I should just start this little business or work on the side here. Not to say that there's anything wrong with those things, but I have to have people in my life who can keep me on track because I promise you this, that at one point I have struggled with all of these things that Jesus talks about in this parable. I have had the hard heart. When I was a 20 year old that got kicked out of the house and lived in a barn and said that it was everyone else's fault except for mine because my heart had gotten hard. When I had a shallow heart, I remember being a teenager and was all in for God in, in real life, in our youth group, until I had a girl look at me the right way. And she didn't really care about church or God as much as me, so neither did I. And I went wherever she wanted me to go. It was shallow. It wasn't deep at all. And I've had a crowded heart. I remember just 18 months ago, when my body started shutting down on me. Why? Because I had forgotten to put him and his word first in my life. I had allowed his voice to no longer be the priority and even the voices of my friends to just push away. We all naturally hit this place. We all naturally are going to find ourselves off in one of these areas. Here's the good news. We are the soil and Jesus is the gardener. And he can trim back whatever thorns we've let in if we let him. Spiritual maturity comes not where there are no problems, but when we let God be the one who tends to the garden of our life and we respond to him in removing the things that he says to go. That's where we should be good listeners. I could preach a whole sermon here. But if you have hit a wall in your faith, don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. God is growing you. And this is an opportunity for faith and to trust in Him above all else. My prayer for you is for God to ignite your heart, to fear His name, to show you the areas that are competing for your affections and for your worship, and then daily to help you lay those things down. 
a famous novelist named David Foster, who was not a Christian, by the way, put it this way when he said, If you worship money and things, you will never have enough. If you worship beauty and sexual allure, you will feel ugly. If you worship power, you will feel weak and afraid. And if you worship intelligence, you will end up feeling stupid. He understood. So did Jesus when he understood that the only condition of a heart that we should have is the fourth condition, the fertile heart. Matthew chapter 13, verse 8 through 9, when it says, Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. The best place for a seed to be planted is in fertile ground where the heart hears. It takes it in and it responds to the Word of God. Jesus explained a fertile ground like this in verse 23 when he said, The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. This is the goal. Fruitfulness. You and I, we are made to reproduce in the kingdom of God. Remember, you are the soil, not the gardener. And when we allow him to garden our lives, to show us what is off, to show us what we need to take out, to clean it up, then we can begin to make some real steps towards fruitfulness in our lives. So here's the question that you have to answer today. Do you trust Jesus to be your gardener, to guide you and to teach you and help your life become the place where the seeds of, seed of God's word can grow, thrive and flourish, or do you not? What sacrifices are you willing to make in your life? What are you willing to trim out in order to help that to be true? The people that make a place in their life, the first thing that I usually see is they have covenant relationships. If you don't know where to find those, we have a lot of different ministries around New Life Church. You can go to newlifechurch.tv and you can find life groups. We've got them for you where you can talk to people. But another real strong way is when you open the word and you ask God, God, help me read your word for me today. Not for my world, not for the world, but for me. What are you revealing in me? Here's your homework. Ask yourself two questions in your quiet time this week. Number one, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? I'll add, I'll add something onto that. God, what are you saying to me that I don't want to hear? And number two, what do you want me to do about it? Not only are these good questions for you to ask God, but I think they could be some good questions for you to ask people in your life that you trust. Ask them if they see anything in you that has gotten a little off track. If there's anything that you need to do to change it. Because I promise you the people that see it first are the people that are closest to us. The people that we hurt first are the people that are closest to us when we get off track.
We need to take some time to respond to God and let him be the gardener in our lives. To let him toil the soil of our heart and show us what we can do to be the best sons and daughters that we possibly can. Love you, New Life Church. Y'all have a great week. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see?
In light of everything that Pastor Hunter said today, I think the most important thing that you can do is really acknowledge where your relationship is at with Jesus. If you and Jesus are doing really good, your relationship with God is really strong, then we just tip our hats and say, God bless, keep going, keep pursuing God. But some of you, you're not as close to God as you used to be. And some of you may have never submitted your life to Jesus. And today is that day for you. This is the whole reason why, why you're watching. So if you're ready to make that decision, I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray it after me. And I believe God is going to meet you during this prayer. Say this after me. Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me for all my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and you rose again. And from this day forward, I commit my life to serving you. If you prayed that prayer, I believe God's meeting you and he's doing something powerful in your life right now. If you've made a decision like that, I would love to know it. Our pastors would love to follow up on you and help you in your walk with Christ. You can text right now, text CONNECT to 88000 and someone will get in touch with you this week. Two more things before we go. If you came prepared to give today, then you can give online and you can see some options right now coming on the screen at newlifechurch.tv. We have some text to give options. Proverbs chapter three says this, honor the Lord with your first fruits and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I believe you cannot outgive God, and every time you sow, God's gonna bless you in many, many ways. Also, ladies, don't forget, Woman Conference is coming up. September 23rd and 24th is Conference 1, and September 24th and 25th is Conference 2. If you have not signed up, you have to now. It's gonna be a powerful time in God's Word. It's gonna be a powerful time when women all over the state come together to hear from God and worship God together. Sign up now and bring some friends with you. Before we go, I want to pray something over you out of Proverbs chapter 2. It's a blessing for people who are pursuing God. And this is what it says. It says, God holds success in store for those who pursue Him. He will be a shield for those who want to walk in blameless ways. He guards the counsel of the just, and He will protect the way of His faithful ones. God, I thank you for every person that's been in service with us today, and I just pray that blessing over their life, that you'll guard their ways, you will lead and guide them down the best paths of their life. In Jesus' name, amen.